sportsmanship, confidence building, positive attitude, learning from failure, and success. You'll find it all here. This is Sports Psychology Today with Dr. Andrew Jacobs, Digital Edition. Welcome to the exclusive edition of Sports Psychology Today. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and every week I bring you a show about the mental side of sports. We talk about all kinds of issues on this show related to confidence, sportsmanship, self-esteem, positive attitudes, winning and losing, success and failure. I've been in practice for 36 years as a sports psychologist at Kansas City and have had the privilege of working with athletes at all levels of competition, from professionals and Olympic-level athletes down to youth sports. Just recently co-authored a book with Kansas City Royals Hall of Fame pitcher Jeff Montgomery and United States Olympic Swimming Hall of Fame coach Pete Malone. It's called Just Let Them Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes Through Youth Sports. And in our book, we talk about the world of youth sports and how to make it fun. The title is called Just Let Them Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes Through Youth Sports. And one of the issues that's been a concern for me throughout my 36 years of experience working with athletes has been the topic of injuries, how to prevent them psychologically, how to educate parents and coaches about overuse with young athletes especially, especially, how to educate parents and coaches about overuse injuries with young athletes especially, and also helping athletes understand themselves better to make the experience fun. A recent study found that 1.35 million children within the last couple of years on an average had suffered a sports-related injury that was severe enough to send them to a hospital emergency department. 1.35 million kids a year going into a hospital ER because of a sports-related injury. Sprains, strains, fractures, contusions, abrasions, concussions top the list of these ER diagnoses for kids ages 6 to 19. It's a cost of over $935 million a year, according to a recent study. Why is this? Well, there are a lot of reasons. If you play sports, you're going to get hurt. It's going to happen. I don't care what sport you play, what level you're at, you're going to get injured. If you push yourself, you could trip, you could fall, you could get hit by a ball, somebody could hit you, you could fall, you know, you could fall down. Anything can happen in sports. But a lot of these injuries can be prevented because I believe one of the things that's been a concern for me has been we've been pushing kids to play sports at younger and younger ages at a more competitive level with the emphasis to beat the opponent and to win and to do anything you can to beat that other team. One of the things that's happening at younger and younger ages in our country today, I believe, is the pressures kids are feeling to win and to be better than everybody else instead of to have fun. For my 36 years of work as a sports psychologist, I have promoted the idea that youth sports should be about learning fundamentals, learning skills, enjoying the experience, and having fun. Unfortunately, we're seeing younger and younger kids having confidence issues, having self-esteem issues because they're being ridiculed and degraded by coaches, parents, and teammates because they failed. Instead of the emphasis on getting better, having fun, and learning the experience, the importance of winning is going down to younger and younger ages. In all my years of work, I've pushed the idea that winning really shouldn't become an issue until middle school. I think 12, 13, 14 years of age is when winning and losing should become part of the game plan. Prior to that, yes, you'll win or you lose, but it shouldn't be as important as having fun and what did you learn about yourself. Consequently, one of the things that's happening with younger and younger athletes, as I said, is the issue of injuries. 
And injuries are happening now because we're seeing more specialization at younger and younger ages. Kids are playing one sport year-round now. Instead of going from baseball to basketball to football to tennis to running, they may just be playing baseball all year-round, or you may be playing softball year-round or volleyball year-round. What's happening is kids at younger ages now are developing more and more injuries because of overuse. And in the show today, I have two experts joining me, whom I've known for over 30 years. They are Doug Wiesner. He's an athletic trainer. He's the program director for youth sports medicine for the University of Kansas Health Systems. And he works with athletes and coaches and parents throughout the Midwest, educating them about this issue. And also joining us this morning is Craig Kloss, a physical therapist who's been in practice almost 40 years in the Kansas City area. He works for the NFL, spotting concussions at NFL games. He's worked with athletes at all levels of sport, from youth sports to the professional level and the Olympic level. I've known them both for over 30 years. They're two of the experts in, in this community and in the country at what they do. So, gentlemen, first of all, thanks for joining us today, and I appreciate you being here. Thanks for having us today, Andy. Same. Let's start with this topic of youth sports injuries. You're both in the, in the, in the profession of treating athletes. You'll see them. You'll see their parents. You'll see the coaches. I know, Doug, you send trainers out to high schools all throughout the Kansas City area and have a system set up to help uh, trainers be at, at most high schools. Do you feel there is an increase in youth sports injuries today because of pressures from parents and coaches to play at younger and younger ages at more of a competitive level? Let's start with that. Well, I think that there are um, issues with the pressure on, on our youth today and our youth athletes today in that um, everybody is looking to specialize into a sport or more and more you're getting um, parents, coaches, and a lot, a lot of times it's coach-driven. You've got to stay in this sport or else you're never going to succeed at this sport. And so instead of getting that multi-sport athlete at age 6, 8, 10 years of age, you're getting that athlete that's doing only one sport for 10, 11 months out of the year. Just think about a 6- to 8-year-old kid doing a sport for 10 to 11 months, one sport. Okay, we're going to give them a month or two off. Kansas City Royals get more time off than that. So is it healthy? No, it's not healthy for a growing body to be doing the same movement pattern day in and day out for 10, 11 months. Why, in your opinion, Doug, is that happening? Well, you have a growing body. And so the demand on that growing body as as they age and they get taller and they get a little heavier and thicker and stronger um, becomes the same demand over and over again. And so as the body grows, the, those same demands can be um, very detrimental to tendons, muscles, joints, etc. Craig, let's get your opinion on this. Well, I think at the same time, I agree. Uh, uh, what I see is that the youth sports that today specialize, but there's also better education from people like Doug Wiesner and his staff at the University of Kansas uh, Medical Health Systems, where they're covering um, a number of high schools, but they're educating coaches, they're educating parents, they're educating administrators. And also, I think we have to recognize the training that has gone into these um, new sports is better. I mean, the bottom line, it's better. Now, do you want to abuse it by uh, having a softball player throw too many pitches in a game or a baseball player? No. But 
you know, children these days, be it middle school, we'll say high school, they're in a much better condition and good condition as a result of improved training techniques. But do you feel that we are pushing kids to specialize in sports at younger ages today than, say, 10 years ago? And is that becoming an issue in terms of sports injuries in, in, in the professions that both of you work in? As Doug said, yes and yes. Yes. We're, we're getting more specialized in all the injuries um, as a result of that, yes. But at the same time, there are injuries that are being prevented because of better education. And, you know, just about every state demands that you have a high school, an certified athletic trainer at a high school. And I think these trainers, along with their um, team physicians that might be with each team, are doing a great job of educating coaches athletes, student athletes, and parents. Okay, at the recreational level, let's go down to that level, because a lot of people listening to this podcast today have kids who play at a recreational level and maybe at a, at a, at a competitive level as well. What age should kids, in your opinion, start playing organized sports in leagues? And when, from your perspective, as, as people in the medical health and the physical uh, area, in the physical realm, when should they start getting competitive? I think league play is fine it's so long as you define league play. Um, if, so what's it, what's it mean to you? Well, uh, league play could be, we're just going to go out and have some fun. League play could be a competitive league. And so I don't have any problems with having red, white, and blue team playing for fun on Saturday morning um, at, at age six, you know. Give them a team. The team concept is is a wonderful concept for kids to get some camaraderie, some teamwork, um, those great benefits that you get from playing on a team. But does it does the concept mean a win at all costs at age six? I I don't believe in that. Um, So I, I think it's you just need to define what you mean by uh, a, a league. Well, let's start with you, Doug. What's it mean to you? Well, to me, it, it means um, at age 6, at age 8, at age 10, at age 12, we're just going to play for playing. We're going to learn the fundamentals of whatever sport we're in, and we're going to uh, continue to work on those fundamentals. We're going to play that sport for a certain a number of weeks, maybe months out of the year, but we're not going to play that year-round. We're going to go into another thing. As a matter of fact, um, somebody who excels in this sport may be on the same neighborhood team in that sport, and the person that didn't excel, excels in the next sport, and so they become the superstar. So the tall, lanky kid that's not very good in soccer might be the uh, might be the uh, superstar in the basketball league. And so, you know, it's all about can we have a fun environment? Can we promote sports? Can we promote getting out of the house? Can we promote getting off our uh, electronic stuff? Um, somebody once told me that this generation will be less healthy, the first time ever, less healthy than the generation before because of all the sedentary stuff we allow our kids to do. If you look out into the street, they're not riding bikes anymore. They're sitting in the house. They're playing on their phones. They're playing on their Nintendos, their Playstations, and things like that. Probably getting off your question a little bit. But um, can we just get them outside and promote sports? 
sports as something fun? Can we promote it as maybe a uh, avenue to um, advance schooling a little bit later? Can we promote it as an avenue toward professionalism even later than that? When you work, Craig, with a young athlete whose parent comes in and says, you know, my, my daughter's really talented. She can get an athletic scholarship and she's six. What do you say to them when she's coming in, she has an injury, maybe from pushing herself too hard, maybe even overuse at six or eight years of age? Well, I'd say slow down, Secretariat. Um, you know, this is you're forecasting way too far in the future. So, you know, if they ask my opinion, I, I, I agree with Doug. I think at that age, you should not be looking at, even if you're going to play high school uh, varsity sports at any time. Because one thing about all this specialization, and again, this training, you're getting people more fine-tuned, and it is more difficult to... Uh, play multiple sports and then let's say get to high school and where you want to maybe think about starting to specialize. You know, I, I want to dedicate myself to soccer. I want to dedicate myself to track and field. So, uh, you know, to ask my opinion, it's, it's again, I think that's way too early to be deciding that. But we're seeing pressure. I'm seeing in in my practice and in the speeches I give, pressure from parents now and coaches specifically to play the sport year-round at ages 8, eight and 9. Because it's like you need to play this. You know, I, I have baseball players that play year-round. They'll play games in the summer. You know, they'll have tryouts mm-hmm. in January, February. They make the team. They play from March to July. Then they'll have a little time off. Then they play fall ball. Fall ball lasts from September to November. Then they take a little time off again, and then they're training until March when they try out again. And a lot of these young men, and I'm talking about 8, 9, 10 years of age, have been told you need to do this year-round. If you play another sport, it has to be secondary to baseball. Baseball has to take priority all the time. They're 8 and 9. I, I, I don't agree with that at that age. If you're 13, 14, okay, I can sort of see that. But I'm seeing this happening going down to younger and younger ages from a physical perspective, from, from where both of you come from as physical therapists and athletic trainers. Are we pushing kids at too young of an age to specialize now and is it causing physical damage to them we are um we are asking them to specialize at a younger and younger age the physical damage may not be today it could be tomorrow it could be 10 years could be 15 years but and i know you're the host of the show but i want to throw a question at you why do you think these coaches are stating that they have to specialize what what is the motivation behind the coach I have doing a, that? I have a saying in our book, Just Let Him Play, that I've used for a long time. A good coach checks his or her ego at the door. And I think it's about the coach's ego. And it also relates to the money. Okay? there's When you get kids playing, and, and I've talked about this forever, I believe money has ruined you sports. I think that... I think that um, you have coaches out there that are capitalizing on the fact that, hey, I think I think that your daughter could be the next Serena Williams in tennis at age six. And then all of a sudden our parents get a little bit of a pie in the sky um, outlook. And then all of a sudden they're going, oh, yeah. Um, the coach says they could be the next Serena Williams in tennis, and so we have to do these ground strokes, these backhand strokes, these run to the net, run back from the net, uh, net at age six, and all the time the coach is standing out there watching that, and they're, 
you know, they're being compensated for this. And so a lot of them make, uh, make their um, annual wages from doing stuff like this. And so I believe that part of it, unfortunately, has to do with a, a uh, monetary reimbursement. I couldn't agree more with Doug. Uh, when you, we have specialized coaches down at this level, and parents are paying them to um, coach their children in a specialty sport, the system is flawed there. And as we all know, we live in Johnson County, or southern part. The social economics allow parents to do that. But when you're spending five to $10,000 plus a year, to get um, Susie or Johnny on the academy s- soccer teams to travel, and you only play against select teams, you know, limited number of teams in each city, and you're doing that at age, you know, ten, eleven, twelve. Um, I think that's just way too young. And th- get back to your question: Is are we seeing more injuries as a result of that? Yes, absolutely. One of the things that concerns me today as a sports psychologist working and, and, and I've noticed in the last five years especially I have had younger athletes come into my office I'm now seeing eight, nine, ten year olds mm-hmm. whereas I rarely saw them before now I might have two or three a week typically I spend a lot of time with the parents talking with them about why are they playing this sport I had a young man a couple of years ago who played 65 baseball games at age 10 before June 1st and it, it was ridiculous and I emphasized to the parents he needed to get off the team. Well, he wanted to spend time swimming down at the, they lived behind a lake, and he wanted to go to the lake, but the coach said, no, you have to come to practice. The kid didn't want to play anymore. He's 10 years age, of age. It's, it's ridiculous. But And so that goes back to what you said about the, the, the coaches and the money and all this. So here here's this issue, okay? Play, the idea of play. When I grew up, and I'm 62 years old, and we're, we're all similar ages here, after school, my friends and I would play. We would go up to the local grade school and play baseball or football. We'd play basketball at my house where I had the wraparound driveway. I would have you know go to tennis practices, which is the sport I played. But my friends and I would go play. And when we went and played, there weren't parents supervising us. We weren't on organized teams. You know, we'd we'd take the bat and put our hands on the bat and see who got to the top. And that's the guy that you know was on one team, and the next guy was on the other team. And we'd play until it got dark. We didn't really keep score. We didn't care about the score. The idea of play, in my opinion, is leaving. You mentioned earlier, Doug, about how kids are spending more time in electronic electronic instruments, you know, iPads, iPhones, computers, uh, spending time in front of the TV, not going out and playing as much. And we're not seeing kids going out, a group of kids go out and playing at the, at the local school anymore. Number one, there are safety issues today that are more prominent than used to exist. Those safety issues existed back then, but they weren't talked about. They weren't talked about. But they're more prominent now. But I'm concerned that we're not giving kids the opportunity to create. And so one of the things I want to talk about and get your opinions from a physical perspective from from where you both come from, do you see that happening now? When you talk to these young athletes when they come in and, and talk about the injuries, do you find that the idea of playing and creating and having fun is not nearly as prominent? Sure. Um, absolutely. Look at your neighborhoods. Um, and, and, and I hate to say think back 40 years ago, 50 years ago uh, when I was a kid, but you talked about uh, you went out and played basketball, you played out, played football, you played baseball, whatever ball you could get your hand on. You played that day. It could be 20 degrees outside. And if you found a baseball and baseball bat. 
today you played baseball. We would be spend, spending hours playing 500 up at the grade school. Right. Or I ask kids that if they, who play baseball, you know what 500 is, they have no clue. They have no clue. Or if you found no baseball, what'd you do? You went to the garbage dump, you got a can out, and you played kick the can. Right? Kids today know what kick the can is? But what were we doing? We were running all over the neighborhood. We were we were tuning our bodies to the demands of sports without knowing it. When you can get kids patience to do something without them knowing it, you've actually really succeeded. So is the pressure that young athletes are feeling today more intense than it used to be to win, to have to be better than their opponents, and not as much on the emphasis on just enjoying the opportunity to play. At an earlier age, yes. I think that the the pressure even years ago eventually was there to compete and to succeed. But at an earlier age, yes. Well I couldn't agree more, but you know, also Doug and I, you know, meet with parents and their sons or daughters and there are a number of children and middle school, et cetera, that will tell you face-to-face they enjoy the hours of competition um, and the hours of practice. Um, you know, Dr. Jacobs, with you being tennis, it's a very individualized sports, and I, rem- I always remember seeing um, tennis players. You're there by yourself sometimes, sometimes hitting balls against the machine. And because these uh, young athletes have the talent – and they enjoy a sport. They they do have fun, you know, trying to get better at it. Now, at age six, or we should we be talking about high school or college? No, but at the same time, there are children now that do see the benefits of specializing. And but I couldn't agree with you more. I think the consensus here between the the three of us, unless I'm wrong, is maybe middle school, and then you can start uh, viewing this as high school. But one of the better things that's happened, just real briefly, is they had this situation where academy soccer players couldn't um, um, play high school sports, and they've changed that. And and, that, and that's become a fun thing. Okay. Let's, let's look at this perspective. We've talked about the issue. It's there. So let's talk about the solution. All right. I think we still have an opportunity in our society today to set some parameters as educators, as coaches, as parents on what is healthy or what is not healthy. In our book, Just Let Them Play, I talk about something I call the athletic box. And it's where everything points to the athlete. The coaches, the parents, and the officials all have a role in an athlete's life. And I used to, it used to be the coach-athlete-parent triangle, but I've pulled officials in there the last couple of years because, let's face it, they play a very prominent role as well, and they're oftentimes overlooked. You know, if an official is not talked about after a game, that means they did a good job. Right. But when they do something wrong, boy, you hear about it. Young athletes today, I'm finding, are having more and more pressure to win, to be better than the opponents, and to not have fun. So from a physical perspective as an athletic trainer and physical therapist, Dealing with injuries with kids that are coming in at younger ages with more specialized injuries. Doug, you mentioned you've had a, a young baseball pitcher at age 10 had to have Tommy John surgery. Mm-hmm. What's the solution? What, what do you suggest from your, your professions could be a solution to help parents and coaches understand 
how to make this more fun, not to push them as hard anymore, and to not destroy kids' confidence. Because what I'm seeing as a sports psychologist is young people's self-confidence is being tremendously impacted in a negative way because of the pressure to have to win and get good at a young age. I think that um, it's during the sports season, I agree with Craig, there is a lot of good um, training going on during the sports season. But at the end of the sports season, it, it needs to end. So if baseball is a May to August um, sports season, it can't be a May to March sports season. Let me let me interject something okay. here. So you have a, you have a ten year old mm-hmm. who's on a team and he's playing in the spring, March March to July, and then the coach says we're going to have our get our fall ball team going. We want your son on the on the team. Well, he wants to play football and basketball. What do you, and and the, and the coach says, well, he needs to be on the team if he's going to get better. Then what do you suggest the parents do? I think the uh, parents need to uh, listen to their sons and daughters, and they need to sit down with them and say, what would you like to do? Well, I really want to continue to play with my, my neighborhood kids, my, my school kids, and they're all going to play football now. Let them go play football. It's and a the, great sport for them to learn different exercises, different movement techniques, etc. But the coach says you're going to fall behind everybody else if you don't play on our fall ball Well, team. Then, then that's the coach putting on the pressure on the parents. You know, I can go down to the Ford shop, and they're going to put pressure on me to uh, buy the Ford, right? They don't want me to buy the Chevy. I got as an adult, I got, I got to be able to say, you know what? I think I'll go look at the Chevy too and see. So, as a parent, you have to be able to handle your kid and uh, in, in, in where you're going to put them. And if the kids are saying, "Well, Dad, I, I want to play this," then there's a time to say, "Okay." This is where they're going to have fun. I think all in all, parents want to see their kids have fun. I think that there are some parents out there that are just so focused and driven that um, they're going to say, uh, you know, talk them out of it. Craig Kloss, as a physical therapist, how many sports do you feel a young person, say, under 10 should be playing at the same time? All of them. (laughs) Whatever they desire to do and to have fun. Because, again... As we've said in this program, the specialization at that type of an age, um, from an injury standpoint, you're going to go up unless you're really trained well. But even regardless of that, like Doug said, Tommy John surgery on a, a person age 10, come on, that is should not exist anywhere. And that's just a indication where specialization and too much of one sport um, – can be detrimental. You know, people say we move um, straight, you know, forward, backwards, side to side. We actually move our whole entire bodies with anything from walking to sports in about 60 to 70 uh, movement patterns. And as Doug says, if all you're doing is just throwing that elbow and with baseball or, or softball, um, your body's going to break down at age 10. I have a saying that I like to use. You can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with the stronger mind will be the one who will come out on top. From the physical area which you both work in, how important is the psychological component with recovering from youth sports injuries? 
it's hugely important. Um, you know, there's there's that time away from your team because you're hurt. You become depressed, and you know, going into you need to stay in in contact with your team, even though you're not able to participate with them. It's hugely important to keep an injured athlete with their team because they built that camaraderie. They're used to being around them. They want to see them play, whether it's succeeding or not succeeding in a score. But the mental aspect of it is that you don't want to see somebody slide to the deep, dark side of depression. And now you're putting them on anti-anxiety medication, depression medication, etc. Well, you know, I, I, I couldn't agree any more with that, but um, I feel an athletic trainer, physical therapist, uh, in this case, is a triage person. And for me to dive into the psychological aspects, except to do what I can there, um, I have to tell them to call Dr. Andy Jacobs to get the best professional advice, because all of us here... Uh, have specializations of what we're dealing with as far as treating athletes. And that's nothing more than a doctor calling in another doctor on a consult. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and that wraps it up today for the digital edition of Sports Psychology Today. I want to thank Doug Wiesner, the program director of Youth Sports Medicine for the Sports Medicine and Performance Center at the University of Kansas Health Systems for joining us today. And Craig Kloss, a physical therapist with almost 40 years of experience working with athletes throughout the Kansas City area and the country for being with us today, sharing their expertise. Remember, you can hear this and more great interviews and discussion on our website, which is winnersunlimited.com. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Thanks for listening. Been listening to Sports Psychology Today with Dr. Andrew Jacobs, Digital Edition. Find out more at winnersunlimited.com.